Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars the Podcast, your galactic hub for all things Star Wars. I'm here with the ever-elusive Grant. Hello there. The funny one, Wesley. What's up, dorks? We have the commentator, Andrew. Howdy, folks. And the Star Wars buff, Diedrich himself. You may admire when ready. We advertise ourselves as the Galactic Hub for all things Star Wars. So let's start out with some Star Wars news. Um, so Ooh. I have read, yes, some Star Wars news. We, we've got some news now. Um, so I'm sure all of us on the podcast are aware of the um, casting rumors of Luke Skywalker in a new Luke Skywalker series. Does, does anybody know who that casting rumor is? Is it Sebastian Shaw? Sebastian Stan. Stan. It is Sebastian Stan. Stan. Um, You might better know him as the Winter Soldier or Bucky from the Marvel Universe. uh, The MCU, rather. Um, So, he has actually made a statement on Good Morning America this week. And Sebastian Stan says, If Mark Hamill calls me personally to tell me that he feels inclined to share this role with me, then I'll believe it, he said. Until then, I won't believe it. So that's telling me that Sebastian Stan hasn't even been approached for a Luke Skywalker series. Um, wow, it's been in the rumor mill for a Unless while. Unless it's though. a misdirect. I mean, maybe he has been. Maybe approached, he's wait- but he's like not taking it for realsies until he gets that call from the Almighty, you know, Mark Mark Hamill. He needs to, he, need, he needs Mark Hamill's blessing. <laughs> yeah, I mean that could be true. In my opinion, it but, sounds like something that would be, he's, I think he is trying to show fans that he respects the role. I don't think he's trying to really be offensive or anything like that. And I definitely don't, I'm sure someone has approached him or else he wouldn't make some sort of announcement like that. Well, I think that the internet has ran so rampant with the idea of Sebastian Stan being Luke Skywalker mainly from the finale of The Mandalorian Season 2, where Luke Skywalker resembles Sebastian Stan um, very, very much. So I think the internet's kind of run with these rumors and theories, and it's gained a lot of traction, so maybe he just felt like he had to make a statement. Like, I I don't think there's, a, there's not a Skywalker or a Luke Skywalker series coming on. Like, we're, we're not doing that. But maybe it's a misdirect. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, you got to think that they're going to do I, some more with Luke in these series that are coming up all within that timeline of being a little after the Empire's fallen. Well, this is like prime Luke Skywalker. He's he's fully realized as a Jedi. He's starting his Jedi Academy. I, this is a great time to explore Luke Skywalker's story. Legends gave us so much Luke Skywalker in this era. I think it would be a cardinal sin if Disney did not give us some kind of canon on Luke in this um, era. I agree. Um, I would like to see the Jedi Academy, really, and uh, see how that goes and see if it's any different than we actually saw from the little bits we did and the uh, sequel trilogy. That would be yeah. a way uh, they can keep Grogu in the overall Star Wars like arena, even after The Mandalorian. I think that also means that they're going to introduce Kylo Ren at some point, right? I mean, they would have to. 
if they're gonna explore maybe Luke's baby story. Kylo. Yeah, I mean this this is all very good stuff. Like Disney has the the widest plane for stories and exploration into their canon and Dis Disney has so much to offer us right now. It's it's ridiculous. And the fans are going to eat it up. We're already eating it up. Like there's just rumors going around and we are speculating and making all of these accusations and trying to cast people as Luke Skywalker. It's it's crazy, man. I, I'm all here for it. Yeah, I, I can't see it happening, though. I can't see, um, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Sebastian Stan taking that role, because why would why, why would Disney cast a huge character from a, a from a, a Marvel sh movie into a Star Wars movie? Like, I, I don't think they will, so, you know, dual roles. I I've like actually that. got some input on that. So, Sebastian Stan, I don't know if you have actually watched any of the new uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode. The first one just came out last week. It's great, by the way. Um, he looks like a completely different person. And I think they're trying to rebrand him as this, like, muscly, uh, short-haired guy. And I think that if he were to play Luke, he would end up having to lose weight as an actor because in Star Wars, it's not about your strength. It's just about the Force. And Luke isn't a, like a... He's never been your normal beefy dude. In fact, he's always been kind of just your... That guy who kind of doesn't exercise, but has a high metabolism. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. I gotta say, I rewatched Empire Strikes Back, and you see him doing the little exercise routine in the jungle, and he's he's kind of ripped. He's got Yoda. Yoda must weigh more than he looks, man, because he's got some pretty good biceps going. <laughs> so Yoda must be very dense. So moving on now, there are some more casting rumors out there in the Star Wars ether. Mina Masoud. I hope I I am saying that right. Mina Masoud. He played Aladdin in the remake of Aladdin uh, from Disney, the live-action Aladdin, and he is rumored to be playing Ezra Bridger. That would that would make a lot of sense. I think so too. Uh, I could see it happening. Um, I actually. Oh yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a good fit. I think so. Yeah, I don't know if there's actually any like confirmation of this. I've seen it swirling around. Like he's made kind of hints at it, and he's teasing that he may be Ezra Bridger. Um, but that'd be neat, man. I I I really want to see Ezra Bridger come to live action. And in the Ahsoka series, it's definitely like ninety percent possible. She's looking for Thrawn. She's looking for Ezra. So there has to be an Ezra out there. And they're they got to be filming Ahsoka right around now, or editing Ahsoka, whatever they're doing with that series, they're doing something with it. So they have to know who's going to be playing Ezra. So I think this is actually pretty likely that uh, Mina Mazoud will play Ezra. I'm not saying it's 100, percent but with rumors swirling around and the production of that show in action as of now, I, th I think it's I think it's pretty likely. Have you heard about the rumors for Tamura Morrison coming back to play Rex in The Mandalorian? I have not heard those rumors. That's a lot of him playing characters in one show, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, he's, he's been in The Mandalorian recently. He's gonna be in the Book of Boba Fett. He's already on contract with Disney. And he's gonna be Rex in The Mandalorian as well. 
That would be pretty neat. I, I could see it. I would have thought they would have saved Rex for the Ahsoka series. I mean, they could use him uh, in either capacity, being uh, that he's already been on The Mandalorian and getting the Book of Boba Fett. Um, he's obviously got a contract with Disney Plus to where he yeah. can just jump around to different shows, I would guess. So I, I'm saying I'm thinking he'd be more of a in between, like not every not every episode type of character, but more of along the lines of a um, cameo type character that connects. Yeah, all I, mean, the I could shows definitely together. see them taking the route that they've done with the Marvel movies, just making that apply to their TV shows, where it's all interconnected and you'll see characters return in some things and not in others, but it's a one cohesive story kind of thing. Boba Fett is a prime example of that. So it seems to me that The Mandalorian is going to be the jumping off point for a lot of these series. You have Ahsoka. She was introduced in The Mandalorian Season 2. You have Boba Fett. He was introduced in Mandalorian Season 2. They both have their own spinoffs coming up. Um, It seems like The Mandalorian is introducing a lot of these things, kind of like the Arrowverse did for the CW. Or it was WB at the time, but CW it became. <laughs> um, so I really think that they're they're going for this interconnected universe. To see Rex in a couple different shows wouldn't be that um, surprising, but I would really love to see an, an Ahsoka and Rex reunion after the Empire's fell. Yeah, I think that would be a, a very bittersweet moment, and uh, I think we could see some of that in uh, definitely the Ahsoka show, and also I think Rex could show up in uh, Rangers of the New Republic as that picks up right after the Battle of Endor, and uh, if you guys have seen anything about the lore of that, um, there's actually, and if you go back and watch Return of the Jedi, uh, a, a guy that resembles Rex from the Clone Wars, or not the Clone Wars, I'm sorry, Rebels, um, character design, and it's said to be Rex there. So he, he was there at the Battle of Endor, supposedly. And so I'm thinking that they could use him as a jumping off point for uh, Rangers of the New Republic. Definitely. Yeah. And I, you, I, I can also see them making an appearance in, um, in the Bad Batch. Oh, yeah. The Bad Batch is going to be like Clone Wars Season 8, I think. I, I don't think it's going to be literally Clone Wars Season 8, but I think it's going to be definitely a myriad of all the characters that were in Clone Wars. Um, I think they're going to make an appearance in Bad Batch. Uh, I just wonder who the Bad Batch is going to be fighting. Are they fighting on the side of the Empire? Uh, they, they probably are. Um, no. I'm, I'm so really in the trailer, yeah, yeah, in the trailer, they were definitely fighting stormtroopers. I guarantee you what's going to happen is they're going to, I think, this is, okay, so this is what I think is the greatest thing about what's happening in Star Wars right now. I guarantee you what's going to happen is it's going to show how anyone can be drawn to both sides at any point in their lifetime. And I think it's going to show, like, I think that's one of the greater things about these newer shows that are coming out. A lot of it's focused on non-Force users. It's a, A lot of it is focused on people who really aren't connected to the Force in the typical way that most Star Wars movies have been focused on. You know, Andrew, I've never really thought about it that way, but you're right. The Mandalorian, Baby Yoda, Grogu, he is connected to the Force, but he's not the main character. That's, of course, Din Djarin. Um, We have Ahsoka, who is connected to the Force. We have the Book of Boba Fett. Boba Fett's not connected to the Force. We have Rangers of the New Republic. Um, we don't know if any of them is going to be connected to the Force, but it, it doesn't seem very likely. I, I think a lot of these stories are going in the way of just your average, normal, everyday 
people who become more than. Um, not because of the Force, but because of their own drive and their own will, such as Boba Fett. He's bad to the bone, man. Like, he's a crazy good bounty hunter. He'll fight anybody. He'll do what needs to be done, but he doesn't have the Force. And that kind of gives him a disadvantage in this world where if you have the Force, you can do almost anything. So, I, I think you're right. Um, they're, they're going in the way of non-Force users in these shows. I'm a fan of that, honestly. Um, you know, Star Wars for, you know, all of us growing up was, oh, it's about the Jedi. It's about the Jedi, it's about the Sith. That, that was what the story's about. Now it's starting to branch out and be about people, you know? Yeah. Pe people that are like Han Solo, like, uh, you know, just scoundrels trying to survive. People like Din Djarin, who are just trying to, you know, get a bounty, you know, and uh, rebuild the Mandalorians even. And so... Um, I think it's going to be really good and really way to get people, new people interested because it isn't just, you know, space wizards with light, with laser swords going around fighting anymore. It's normal people who use guns and fly ships and run from the cops, AKA the Rangers of the New Republic. <laughs> um, and so it, it, it's just, it's made to be more relatable to what's going on right now. And I so think as much as I have loved the prequels and then the Clone Wars, TV show, I think that's one thing that they kind of maybe overcorrected from the original trilogy where you only had Vader and Luke and Obi-Wan with the lightsaber and then you get to the prequels and you have all of these Jedi running around. You've got Asajj Ventress, Count Dooku, Grievous, uh, Count Dooku, Maul, Sidious even has a couple of lightsaber battles within the series. So you have like almost an overcorrection of the amount of but force users out there going at it. But so that's the point. It's, it's, it's not nice an overcorrection. It's not an overcorrection. That's the story. It's it's very important that they show because that's the era of the Jedi. That's when the Jedi were ruling very heavily. And in my opinion, it's the reason for their downfall, just like every gigantic, you know, popularized society. It's the people with the most power who are trying to take over and rule. And honestly, I mean they can they just didn't do a good enough job. But that's the whole point of yeah. the prequels. Yeah, the, the original trilogy really reached out to a wide group of people because it encompassed a lot of different walks of life. You have Han Solo, who was just trying to trade spice, uh, get his money, and go about his business. You have Princess Leia. She's fighting for the rebellion. She wants a free republic of the galaxy. You have Luke Skywalker, a farm boy, came from nothing who was actually going to go to the Imperial Flight School and try to be an Imperial pilot, and then instead joins the Rebel Alliance because he gets roped in with Obi-Wan Kenobi and learns about his father and learns about the Jedi Creed. Wait, how do you know that? I think... How, where did you... How, is that in the movies? Yeah, he was going to go to... Um, in A New Hope, he is. he wants to go to the Academy. And the Academy is run yeah, by the Yeah, and Empire. that's when uh, what? Uncle... Yeah, and that's when Uncle Owen says, uh, I need you for one more season, Luke. Because uh, he's like, all my friends have gone on. And I think, he, I'm not sure, but I think he mentions, uh, you know, Wedge has already moved on. Like, Wedge was a friend that's of his That's kind of mind-blowing, dude. That's really mind-blowing. Biggs, not that's Wedge. That's really mind-blowing. I cannot believe that. I, it's such a small, what? like, event, such a short, like, a short scene in the movie. I don't think I ever caught so when on he's, to that. Right, when he, and, and I thought about this uh, a while back. And of course, it, it had been a long time, you know, after I'd watched the movies over and over. And I'm like, 
when he's talking about the academy, obviously the rebels are not running an academy. You know, so it's got to be the Empire. He's got to be going to an Imperial-sponsored academy for military. And, you know, for someone who says that they hate the Empire, later, I mean, not even probably 15 minutes later in the movie, Luke's talking about how he hates the Empire more than anybody else. But he was willing to go to the Imperial Academy and fight with the Empire. That was before I mean, the uh, Empire was keeping him away from a pretty girl. <laughs> who who happened to be his sister. <laughs> Just <laughs> a galaxy out. full of beings and people and you end up crushing on your sister. Well, again, I mean, that brings us full circle back to why I think these new shows that are coming out are going to be so great. Like, it really shines on the fact that, like, especially The Mandalorian, it shines on the fact that the dark side and the light side is kind of only for Jedi and Sith. It's kind of only for Force users. Light side and dark side isn't something that humans kind of subscribe to. They all kind of have to flirt into like a gray line so to be able to I'm going to disagree. Really? So, yes, and this is why. Because every single being has a quote-unquote M count, right? So that's your midi-chlorian level in your blood. So it's more of a spectrum and less of a, okay, you're definitely a Jedi if you select this number. And that's why you can have Jedi that are way more powerful, like Anakin and Yoda, compared to like any of the knights who could get, you know, just wrecked by Grievous. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that, but weren't midi-chlorians, wasn't that kind of introduced into the bloodstreams of people through, uh, I can't even remember the name, the Priestesses of the Force, which was introduced once, like, one of the Sith Lords, like, correct me if I'm wrong, this is just something that I'm slightly remembering, that one of, the, like, the Sith Lords went and found and discovered. The priestesses do not inject midichlorians into the blood. You, you kind of are born with your M count. So deep Star Wars lore. So my but, question is, in any of these new series, is there going to be slight amount of incest? <laughs> oh, no. Dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> Why is that the question? Because that is the running I, I, joke on Dork Wars the podcast, okay? We have to I say thought you that. I thought you were going to ask like a... I thought you were going to ask like a genuine, deep question. It is. <laughs> it is when you think about it. <laughs> when Grogu finds Ooh, Yaddle. Gro the, the Grogu Yaddle Yoda love triangle. Mm. That's right. Yoda comes back as a force ghost and is still able to uh, engage that way. Okay. Interesting. Scary movie six. Scary, scary movie six. <laughs> wow. We're, we're crossing universes that do not need to be crossed. So... <laughs> Uh, moving on in our Star Wars news. So the only series that is coming up that we have a release date for is The Bad Batch. The Bad Batch comes out on May the 4th, what? 2021. And that happens to be the same day that Dork Wars the Podcast is releasing their Darth Jar Jar episode. So hopefully you will watch the series premiere of The Bad Batch and also listen to Darth Jar Jar, a Dork Wars special um, on May the 4th. So, I I have to make a correction from one of our earlier podcasts. Uh -oh. um, we were talking about the Ewoks in an earlier podcast, and I think it was me. I think I said that Endor was just a planet and not a moon, and I was wrong. 
Oh, Shun. I knew it. Sean. I was wrong. Come on. Indoor, Shame. like, what is it? Indoor 4 is technically what no, it is? No, no. Indoor is just a forest moon, and I don't know what Indoor, they should call it of. outdoor. <laughs> there's I'd like to take this time to thank my mom and thank my cat, because I was so right about that. Yeah, I mean, Wesley was right. And Yavon 4 is, of course, a moon as well. There happens to be a lot of moon action in the original trilogy and not a lot of planet action. Yo, how do you say that planet's whatever. name? Yavin, Yavon, I mean, Yavon. Yavon. <laughs> uh, we said it last time. Yavon, <laughs> Yavon. We've already, we've already made this joke on Dark Wars the podcast, so we're kind of rehashing. It. But whatever. Um, I was, I was wrong about indoor, and I think it was just a spur of the moment thing. And uh, I apologize to the greater Star Wars community for my misguidance. I think the worst part about it is that I was able to Google it in five seconds, and it turns out <laughs> it's the it's one of nine moons, and it orbits the planet <laughs> Tana. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the fourth moon of that planet, too. It probably, look it up. Look, it up. <laughs> look, I promise we are all Star Wars fans on this podcast. I promise we are. There's so much Star Wars lore and Star Wars... Uh, Canada, like, how can you keep it all straight? I just, I, I don't get it. You just have Grant um, on the episode. That's how you keep it straight, dude. He is our Grant, personal between Star Grant, Wars archive. Between Grant and Diedrich, I think, like, the entire Star Wars universe is archived by freaking <laughs> year. Legends included. In the first year of the new <laughs> Disney canon. In the year of our Lord, ABY9. Um... <laughs> HK-47 dies. HK-47 oh. never That's slanderous dies. lies, exactly. And- Andrew's <laughs> correct. He never dies. Andrew is correct. So, um... He lives on. So, let's get to our main topic for the evening. We have delved into Star Wars news. We have delved into uh, Blake's misguided um, moon and planet shame. misconfigurations. Shame. For shame. So tonight we are actually talking about non-force users, and funnily enough, that goes back to kind of what we were talking about in our Star Wars news earlier. But we're going to talk about non-force users in this week's episode. So, just to start out, who is everyone's favorite uh, Star Wars non-force user? Um, anybody? Just uh, let Cat Bane. God, oh Wesley. <laughs> God, I was I was about to start. There's so many of us, there's so many of us on tonight. Like I can't just say shout it out. It would be pretty. Uh... Okay, go ahead and 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 say why is it Babu Frick? <laughs> why is it Babu hey! Frick? Hey, Cat Bane's pretty badass. So Wes, yeah, Cat Bane is crazy, and he's one of the guys I've got listed. Like he can take out Jedi. People who have the force, and he can outmaneuver them, and he can outdo them. Just be, I don't know, just his combat prowess. Like, what is it that makes Cad Bane so formidable? I believe it's his hat. <laughs> it's, that it provides a lot hat. of shade. He's never blinded. You're right. That's true. He's never blinded. You know why he needs that big hat? Why does he need that big hat? To cover his big brain. Oh, I was gonna say big head, but whatever. Um, 
So uh, anybody else? Let's go to Grant. Grant, who is? Well, I don't know why I need to ask this. Grant, why is Thrawn your favorite non-Force user? I actually was not going to go with. Oh Thrawn. no! What? No! Uh, no! 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 Actually, my favorite. You weren't going to go with Thrawn. <laughs> no, I was actually going to go with Sabine Wren, oh my, my favorite God. non-Force user. Hey, Grant, your fiance might be listening. Your change now. Don't, man. Don't be talking about Sabine. Yes. No, it's just she's a she's a great Mandalorian, a great character. Uh, lots of development in uh, Rebels in the four seasons she's on there, and uh, ultimately she's the only non Jedi character other than Grievous that can handle a lightsaber and not chop herself in half. That's true. Um, Sabine is a great character, and I think a lot of Mandalorians are going to pop up on my list for non Force users who really make a difference in Star Wars. Um, of course, you've got. Um, Din Jaren, you have Boba Fett, you have Jango Fett, or both of those technically weren't Mandalorians, or that's that's all up in the air in the canon right now. Um, Bo Katan cries. You have Sabine, of course. <laughs> you have all of these Mandalorians <laughs> who just do. Wait, did you say Bo Katan cries? Crees, <laughs> yeah. cries. Oh my gosh, whatever. Um, Shays. Kai's. Shays. Kai's. There's For no R in it, it's just Kai's. <laughs> Does anyone else want to host this podcast? <laughs> um, no, no man. You're doing great. Keep it going. <laughs> That's what I thought. Um, Bo-Katan Kreez. 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 See, look. If, if she was in the South, she'd be Bo-Katan Kreez. Um, there so it is. For those, of you, for those of you who do not know, I'm a very Southern man, um, and I have a podcast voice. I have an announcer voice. But uh, Bo-Katan Creeds. Uh, but yeah, the Mandalorians are some of the craziest non-Force users who are the best at combat and can even take on Jedi. So the, the Mandalorians really rank up there in non-Force users for me. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely up there and... They were the ones who fought the uh, or fought the Jedi before uh, Sith were there. Uh, well, in the old canon, at least we haven't gotten that per se in the Disney canon. But um, also note, Sabine was the reason that the dark saber was ever able to be gotten by Din Djarin because she took it from Maul. Well, her slash Ezra, but getting semantics there. So yeah, Sabine played a crucial role. And bringing the dark saber to Bo-Katan, and then Bo-Katan had it taken away at some point. We don't know that canon yet. It fell into the hands of uh, Moff, Gideon, Moff Gideon, and it finally landed into the hands of Din Djarin. And Sabine played a crazy um, role in that. She she's the one who won the dark saber to begin with. Um, who who'd she win the dark saber from? Small, small, right? So, technically no. yes but she didn't really win it 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 gets complicated there it was more along, along the lines of she was possessed by Maul's mother right. kind of and, and regardless she got it from Maul it was that it, Maul was in possession of it yes Maul was the um owner of the dark saber per se and Sabine gets it and that leads to some crazy form of events that gets it all the way to Moff Gideon and back into the hands of Din Djarin. Um, and all from a non-Force user. All of this storyline um, breaches off of someone who cannot use the Force. Which 
like we've said before, isn't usually the Star Wars formula. And it, and it's great to see stories like this. Um, so let's go to Andrew. Andrew, who is your favorite character who is a non-Force user? <laughs> so I've been sitting here thinking about it, and I've got to draw between two. But after some thinking, I'm definitely going to go with uh, R2-D2. I think R2-D2 is probably one of the most central yes. non-Force users of the entire series. He literally saves Luke Skywalker's life three or four times. What other non-Force user is... has saved a Jedi? I'm pretty sure he saves Anakin a couple times, too. I'm sure he does. Oh, yeah. I'm, it, I mean, he does so much, dude. He literally builds up a droid army at one point. Like... I, I like droids, man. I mean, yeah. him saving Anakin was kind of a mistake, though, uh, if we're going to be honest. What, what, wait, what was that, Grant? Him saving Anakin probably backfired. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that did lead to the destruction of uh, the entire Jedi Order and <laughs> a bunch of younglings. Um, he didn't know. He didn't know. He was a loyal <laughs> droid. He, But I think he redeems himself multiple times. I mean, he la- he literally saves Luke Skywalker from a trash compactor where he was going to be crushed before he had actually really come to terms with him being a Force user. And he also... I hate that scene. Do you really hate that scene? Yeah, man. Like, why is there so much trash in there? And why is there <laughs> a little sea monster? Do you know how big... Oh, yeah. You know... Okay, so that's all easily explainable. We don't have to get into it now, but that monster eats the trash. (laughs) (laughs) So droids. Droids are like some of the most important non-force-using characters in all of Star Wars. And George Lucas himself has said that R2-D2 and C-3PO may be the most important characters in the entire Star Wars franchise. Because they're there to chronicle the entire Skywalker saga. Um, They're not seen as much in the sequel trilogy, but from George's um, original canon, that being the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy and everything in between, um, R2-D2 and C-3PO are there the entire time. And it's very obvious to me that R2-D2 is the light side droid and C-3PO is the dark side droid. Here we go. Uh-oh. Now we're getting into a C-3PO is Darth Vader's uh, spy kind of theory, and we're going to have that for a different podcast. <laughs> Here we are plugging a different episode. We can't get into that too much, but um, that that's a very good contrast that I've never thought of, Andrew, so bring that up later in a different podcast <laughs> when we have that discussion. <laughs> Funnily enough, there is a droid that they say was Force-sensitive. Does anyone know who that droid is? It was the R5 unit that blew up right before they picked up R2 and That is correct. 3PO. His name is Skippy the Jedi droid. He is an R he is R5D4 and he was the droid that sensed how important it was for R2D2 to go onto the moisture farm with Luke instead of himself and he detonated himself to save the galaxy. That's not so, canon. Hats off to. I'm pretty sure that's I, no I'm longer serious. canon. But yeah, that's definitely. Oh, not de- canon. it's definitely not canon now. That's a, it's that, yeah, that's a common thing, now. right? That's not a movie thing. Yeah, it was from Star Wars Tales Number One, written by Peter David. But he's in, um, he's in the movies, though. He's in the original trilogy. Yeah. Yes, he's he's that red and white droid with the kind of box head. No, not not really a box, like a cone, like a wide cone head. Um, kind of looks like R2-D2, but 
In all honesty, he looks like an older model of R2-D2. I think R2-D2 is a advanced model for for droids because the, the later models don't look quite as good as the R2 units. Do we know where R2 came from? Do we know where R2 came from? Yeah. He came from Naboo. Yeah. Um, he, Naboo. Yeah, he came from Naboo because in he episode one, on you see yacht. him save the ship. That's correct. He saved the ship from the uh, asteroids. Was it asteroid? No, they were getting attacked by droid fighters. Uh, no, that's when they that's were right. leaving Naboo. Yep, droid fighters. Uh, that's right. Um, but R2-D2 was the only astromech droid to survive that um, volley of blaster fire from the droids. And he became the most important droid in Star Wars history. And False. HK-47 <laughs> is more important. Oh gosh, dude. R- R2-D2 is more important than HD. Ah, whatever. We'll, we'll get into it in a different podcast, I'm sure. Um, so, we've talked to Grant, and we've talked to Wesley, and we've talked to Andrew. Diedrich, who is your favorite non-Force user in the entire Star Wars universe? Hondo Onaka. He is great, dude. He's like Pirates oh, of the Caribbean yes. in space. He's like, you know, they called Han a space pirate, but this is the real deal, man. He's got a crew. He will steal stuff. He's a wild card. Sometimes he's kind of friendly, you know? He is fairly friendly with Anakin and Obi-Wan, but that might be out of more mutual respect than anything else. And then he also kind of pops up around the timeline of Rebels and does a couple things with that crew, but it's always a good time when Hondo's around. You never know what's going to go down. Hey, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. I think pirates and Star Wars series is probably one of like I. They need to expand on that because it's a perfect situation. Pirates. The only reason they ever existed is because of England and their grip over the entire eastern border, like the eastern world. The fact that these people felt that they had no part of this imperial empire, and they were just going out trying to take what they wanted for themselves. Yeah. Going off of what Andrew said about getting more of that, uh, go check out the High Republic books. They actually go into that, and you can also check out our first ever, or not our first ever episode. It's the third episode that we ever made uh, covering the High Republic um, and our theories for it, and that kind of gets into it a little bit. So, great plug for an earlier episode, Grant. Uh, I applaud you on that. Um, but yeah, Hondo is a good time. Like, he's technically a bad guy he is on the the wrong side of history most of the time if you think about he has um, he has saved the day on a couple of occasions though but not but he he has he has done that he helped liberate lothal man that's i think that's a very good thing to do he got grenade launchers to rebel groups on onderon you know he's 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 here to help save the day yeah but businessman as a character, he is out for himself, and he's going to do what makes him happy and what what makes him the most profit. I disagree with that. And sometimes that, that happens to be the good thing. He probably has some kind of, like, he's got to have some kind of empathy. I mean, he, he's got to look out for his crew. He definitely has to care about his crew. That's true. He's, uh, him, he's Him and his crew, his own outfit. He's basically Jack Sparrow. Oh, yeah, I agree totally. I totally agree with I wonder- that. I wonder if Ezra's going to run off and join Hondo's crew. That would be an insane matchup. He was already offered that, and he didn't do yeah, it. I don't, I don't um, think he's going to do that. So I, I don't think that's going to happen there. Now, I would love to see shut down live action Hondo. Just imagine a crew of pirate Jedi. Oh, dude, that would be so cool. I would, I would watch that show. 
Like, obviously not all Jedi, but, like, you know, just, like, some non-Force users with some Jedi. Aye, we go get the booty with the lightsabers. (laughs) Aye. Get a cutlass lightsaber. Dude, that would be sick, man. There's all kinds of crazy different lightsabers, apparently, that I didn't even know about until recently, playing some of that Star Wars Dungeons & Dragons. So we're 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 pretty much like inventing a whole new like Star Wars subgenre like Jedi space pirates or would it be Jedi space pirates or would it be Sith space pirates? Because I mean Jedi are good and pirates are technically not good. False. Right? That's false. That's what. I, that's why I would what? be so excited about having a pirate series because pirates aren't inherently bad. That's the thing. That's why pirates are so interesting to me, because technically you could argue that England was kind of the bad guy. I mean, they were taxing people and not giving them any kind of representation. Taxation without representation. That's exactly what was happening in Star Wars. So a that's lot what of pirates the Empire does. In the real life started off being privateers working as a basically a militia group for whatever country they came from. France, England, Spain, England. whatever. It, not all pirates were from England, though. True, but most of them came from England. Definitely all the popular ones. Maybe the popular ones, but I mean, there was piracy going back for as long as we've been able to like travel across any length of ocean. Well, yeah, but that's because the England were making pirates before. So Spain wasn't actually. They didn't have pirates. All they would have is their military. England wanted to have something because they didn't have a big enough military. They had to create a makeshift military, and that's kind of what the pirates are, and that's why that kind of a Star Wars series would be nuts. Look, I'm just telling you right now, there are some underground pirates you didn't know that came from Colombia. Um, they were just underground and roaming the seas the same time as all those English pirates. And I'm sure they're, after they're the war. honestly the best pirates. Anyways, uh, moving on to something that is Star Wars related. <laughs> um, Wes- Wesley, I-, I said earlier that we talked to you about your favorite non-Force user. Is that true? I can't remember at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about Cad Bane. Oh yeah. Oh but, god. Yeah, you said Cad Bane. But um, I, yeah. Uh, I also like Chopper because uh, Andrew inspired me with R two. So I like Chopper. Yeah, Chopper. Chopper may be my favorite droid in the entire entirety of it, just because it's his personality is just there. It's in your face and it's hilarious. We talk about how R2 has like a bad mouth and he's always got the beeps, you know, beep, 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 beep or whatever. Um, but Chopper probably has the worst mouth out of the two droids. Like Chopper's like pretty raw, man. Like I would, I would really disagree. I like, if you actually listen to Chopper and actually listen, watch rebels back, you can actually realize that it's actually a person talking and they just dubbed it over with like beeps over it. And you can actually understand what he's saying. Like half the time I understand what Chopper's saying. I know it sounds weird, but it's true. But they did the same thing in the original trilogy. R2-D2 was actually supposed to have a human voice and C-3PO reacts to what R2 is saying in a human voice. They made the decision in production at some point. I don't know whether it was early production, late production, that R2-D2 was just going to beep, you know, um, his iconic uh, sounds that he makes. So maybe that's some inspiration from Rebels that came from the original trilogy. Um, That'd be kind of cool to explore. So uh, one... Blake, did you tell us yours? Yeah, what's yours, Blake? 
What's mine? What's your favorite uh, non-force so, I mean, user? You never, you never. I've stated. got so many. Like I've, I've got, I've got two who are like my favorite. Um, let's talk about both of them because you know I'm the host and we're gonna do what's what's going on. Um, so we first we have uh, Chirut Mway. Did I say Ooh. his name right? That's Chirut. right. Chirut. See, I, I've seen Rogue One a couple times and I, I never know if I'm saying his name right. Trude Emway is a non-force sensitive, but a believer in the force. Are you sure? He's pretty though? much like a. He's a hundred percent force sensitive, dude. He's got to be though. Like one hundred completely force he sensitive. He might not. He isn't a Jedi, but he's force sensitive. Is what you're thinking of, Blake? Maybe I, I've read that he's not even force sensitive. He's a monk. He is. He he is. He's the, a monk. He is the second class of a Jedi. He's somebody who didn't want to become a Jedi. Right, well, the, the Guardians don't... Or maybe he wasn't talented enough. Because uh, he's a guardian of the wheels. I think his parents were just smart enough to not give his child up to some evil, corrupt Jedi to train and eventually so, be cut down that, by Anakin. So I think... That may be true. Regardless of like what his actual power level or whatever is... Rogue One definitely makes it clear that and at the end when he's making his self-sacrifice, he's got some level of uh, force attunement. But you can also disagree with that because for the, I, think, uh, I think that was one of the things I didn't really enjoy about Rogue One. It kind of tried to make it clear that you don't – you kind of go against the belief that I had. You don't have to be a Jedi or a Sith. You don't have to be a force sensitive to be connected with the force. Um, right. I'm not, I'm not saying he's, and you might disagree about like his sensitivity to it. So maybe instead of being a full fledged Jedi, he, he has two thirds of whatever it would take to get there. Right. So he's got a certain level, like Han Solo like probably has a certain level of midi-chlorians. He may, might not have enough to be like a full fledged Jedi, but he's, yeah. he, he's doing some crazy supernatural stuff. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's the same way that, like, Wedge can survive so long in space. Right, battles. so everybody has a certain level of these midichlorians, and some people can almost border on being Force-sensitive at times because it's, like, borderline. So then let me ask you a question. Do you think that midichlorians have always been in the Star Wars universe, or do you think they were introduced at some point? And if so, does that mean these priestesses of the Force are the originators of civilization in the Star Wars universe? So I think in the original trilogy, the Force was always a more abstract kind of thing that still anybody could tap into. But if you were trained, you had a much easier time in getting like getting what you wanted out of the Force to happen. To control. And then, yeah. And then when they came around to the prequel trilogy, they actually gave that, like... It was almost like in Dragon Ball Z. I don't know if you ever watched that, but his power oh. level is off the charts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's over 9,000. So you get that kind of thing going. But I don't think that was the intent in the OT. But either way, I think so, the Force uh, has always been this thing that it's more of a spectrum and less of a on-off switch. You're either Jedi or not. So this brings me to a pretty interesting point, and this is something I have in my notes. Um, is everyone force sensitive to some degree? Because the force connects everything. It connects all living things. It connects things that aren't even living because you can float rocks. You can throw things at people. So the force connects all matter, all beings, all everything together. So because of that, isn't everyone sort of attuned to the force just because they are product of the force? 
that's what I've been trying to say this like entire entire conversation. So yes, I agree with that. Yeah. I uh, see and I, I, agree I disagree. With that as well. I disagree with it. I uh, because I think that in the new movies they are trying hard to make the connection that ev- that it is a spectrum and that everybody has, you know, a connection to the force and anybody in the right conditions can access those quote unquote force powers. Um, but I think that the reason that the only force users you see in the trilogy and even in fan, like the, the prequels are the extreme good guys or the extreme bad guys. You don't really see a flirtation with gray Jedi. You know, I mean, there are some in legends, but these people in order to become a gray Jedi have to be a Jedi. You can't be a gray Jedi unless you've become a Jedi. So it's like, in my opinion, to access the force, you have to be like Dietrich said earlier, kind of shown the way to control it. You can't just be a random person who can just like lay on their back, close their eyes and force push a detonator out of a ship down and destroy an entire, you know, fleet. Like that's, that, in my opinion, is a little whack. The monk story that eerily makes sense. That eerily sounds like the beginning of the Last Jedi. <laughs> um, was it was it canon that she force pushed that down there? It's not canon that she force pushed it, but it's canon that she closed her eyes, and something happened, and it moved on its own. That's true, and in a universe that kind of. Um, displays the force as its main um, subject. Like the force is everything in this universe. It kind of points to the force helped her and guides her to that decision and that um, prowess in dropping that grenade. Um, I, I would disagree with Andrew's point there. Um, not exactly what happens, but if you go look at the beginning of Rebels, Ezra doesn't have any training, and he can connect to the Force and just force push someone to save. Uh, I believe he's saving Kanan um, when that happens. Or no, yeah, it's Kanan slash um, Zeb, Zeb Aurelius. Um, he, he does that without any formal training. And then going on, further on, agreeing with Dietrich's point, um, thing about Han Solo, how he continually says, I have a bad feeling about this. Um, he That could be interpreted as his uh, the way he interprets the Force. You know, he isn't super strong saying, oh, you know, this is gone, this isn't, this is about to happen type of thing, like some users are. But he just, with his, you know, connection to the Force, saying, knows something bad's about to happen. So I will, I will say this. Um, for a group of people that do not compare notes before we record an episode, we really do stamp and stomp on each other's um, notes. Because I actually have, Han Solo does not use the Force explicitly in the original trilogy. Yet he's a successful pilot and a gunman when he shouldn't be. Like in the most extreme and craziest dynamics, the craziest situations, Han Solo comes out alive and... He even quotes, he tells C-3PO when they're in an asteroid field. He tells them, never tell me the odds because the odds don't matter because I think that Han Solo is somehow attuned to the Force. Um, that would explain Kylo he has ex- It really would. Like, he has extraordinary luck, right? Han Solo has all this luck 
and he seems to come out of every situation, and it seems like he has some kind of attunement to the Force. I was going to say, in, in Star Wars, it seems that humans have a harder time with flight than other alien races. So a being to be human and that capable in a spaceship is very telling. This might have been his character in the original trilogy. He's this no-good scoundrel who always makes it out alive. And it might just be luck. But with all of the canon and all of the stuff that's come after the original trilogy, it really points to Han Solo may be Force-sensitive. Whether or not that was the original intent, I don't know. But it, it, it really seems like Han Solo may have a little bit of Force attunement. I gotta disagree, dude. I really gotta disagree. I, I don't think that... I think the entire point... I mean, even watch the Solo movie. The entire point is that he's just a skilled dude. He has a lot of talents. Even though he is human, it's just like... Uh, you know, Buzz Aldrin. Like, you gotta be a special type of human to be... You know, one of the first men to successfully go into completely new, unexplored areas. And that's just something that he has done his entire life. I mean, if you're going to argue that Han Solo was Force-sensitive, then I can argue that R2-D2 is Force-sensitive. That C-3PO is Force-sensitive. Because they get out of hairy situations all the time when they really shouldn't. What about Chewbacca? How often is he hitting his shots when he shouldn't be? How often is he piloting for Han Solo? Does that mean Chewbacca is also force sensitive? Chewbacca is a Wookiee. <laughs> That's true. What? That so, is very I, true. What, what does what, that have to do what, with what anything? What I've been trying to say this entire <laughs> night, though, is that it is an absolute spectrum. It's not as if there's a magic number that makes somebody a Jedi or a Sith. It's like everybody has some amount of this thing, and that amount makes it easier to access or not. And it could be super low. It could be like three. Okay, I got three midichlorians in my whole body. Or it could be, you know, Anakin Skywalker off the charts. His power level is 20,000 or whatever. But that's where I disagree. Like, just because you have... It could easily be uh, very similar to, like, the number pi. It could very easily be... um, God, I can't think of the actual equation that I'm actually thinking of, but it's where on a graph things start low and they start curving more and more as you get higher up. It curves higher up the farther into the just exponential. Yeah, exponential, exponential growth. Exponential like growth. that could be what how midichlorians work. You could have sure. up to let's say out of a hundred midichlorians, you know, at eighty is when you can start becoming a force user. And that's why sure. that guy I, became a monk. I agree with everything you just said. So I don't I don't, exa- yeah, I don't exactly know where we're differing here, but everything you just said, I agree with 100%. Because, I, because what I'm wow. saying is that I think there's a cutoff point for yeah. the Force. And I, and I think that in, in the new sequels, they're trying to say that that's not how it works. It works more the way that you're talking about. It's a spectrum, and everyone can access the Force. I completely disagree with that. I don't think that everyone can access the Force. I don't I think, think they, everybody could pull off a Force push. No, of course not. Yeah, but, I agree with you there. But sure. a random person who is just trying to bomb some kind of a you know Sith ship—I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head right now—can use a that force sounds push. eerily like the beginning of the last. Jedi. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm referencing. How does she do that? <laughs> like let's let's relate this to the real world. Like sometimes I get the goosebumps on the back of my neck when I feel like something's not right. Is that the force? You know, like. 
I feel like everyone has some kind of attunement to the environment around them. Does that necessarily mean in the Star Wars universe that you are connected to the Force? Because the Force is everything, maybe that is true to a degree. But just because you can sense something that's out of whack just a little bit, are you connected to the Force as much as Anakin Skywalker, as much as Yoda, as much as Obi-Wan, as much as uh, Kit Fisto, as much as Emperor Palpatine, as much as like the lowest Padawan on the rung? Like, who knows? Um, the Force is such a broad subject, and it is abstract. Even though we have all of this canon, even though we have all of these things, comics, movies, TV shows, the Force is still a very abstract concept. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that everyone is connected to the Force at some degree, and it might be just the pricklies on the back of your neck when something doesn't feel quite right. Or maybe you can freaking take a starship down into a planet's gravitational pull and destroy it um, it just depends on maybe your midichlorian count, maybe your training. It, it's all different. It, it's all subjective, and maybe some people are more powerful in the Force than others. I think it's just funny that we talked about non-Force users, and this has become a discussion, maybe even devolved into a discussion about how everyone is a Force user anyway. So that is another episode of Dork Wars the Podcast. Funnily enough, we did not mention Jar Jar Binks, who we're going to talk about on May 4th, Darth Jar Jar episode, and I think we left him out of this episode just because we're going to talk about him a lot on the May 4th episode. He is definitely a Force user. Maybe. Misa, I think you said doodoo this time. That's right. So check us out. We are Dork Wars the Podcast. Check us out on Facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars the Podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Dork Wars Podcast. Um, we actually have a new Instagram account. We have seen a IG. lot of response from that. Um, Wesley is actually heading up our Instagram account. So if you see <laughs> if you see anything weird on there, just like it anyway. Like it. At me. Bring it. Wesley, they can't even at you if they don't know your Twitter handle. At Wesley Harrell, bring it. Oh, gosh, he threw down a gun. So, check out our Instagram, check out our TikTok, check out our Facebook page, check out our Twitter, check out all of that. We appreciate the support. Thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars, the podcast. You can check us out on facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars The Podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a... Who the f*** is taking a loud... Production.